Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettlecast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we'll be talking about the Hawks' 116-93 win over the Oklahoma City Thunder. After the Thunder took out the Hawks earlier this season, the Hawks were able to get the Thunder in Atlanta, wear those great MLK jerseys, and stretch their win streak to seven. Without further ado, let's get into it. The Hawks have stretched their win streak to seven games, and across that streak, they've won games in different ways. They've had a buzzer beater, they've come back in fourth quarters, and they've given up leads and fought back and reclaimed leads in the fourth quarter to get wins. The one thing the Hawks hadn't shown so far is a complete victory, four quarters of strong basketball, and that's exactly what they did against the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Hawks came out and outscored the Oklahoma City Thunder 31-21 to in the first quarter, and they never looked back. They had some strong performances from starters. Bogdan Bogdanovich got back on track, and the Thunder really just had no answer for the onslaught that the Hawks put on. And while the Hawks performed extremely well offensively, it was on the defensive side of the ball that the Hawks really locked down. They never let Oklahoma City get get started. Um, Oklahoma City started the game shooting 29% from the field. Um, that first quarter, they were 6 of 21 from the field. Only one of those shots was a two-pointer they were five of nine from three and if Oklahoma City hadn't been shooting the three as effectively as they did they ultimately went 13 of 34 from three-point land this game would have been a much bigger blowout than it already was but the Hawks took the lead they got some strong shooting from their second unit again Bogdan Bogdanovich had his best game since he's been back from injury and the Hawks never let this game get close Um, the Hawks did a wonderful job I thought Tony Tony Snell, in particular, did a super good defensive job on Shea Gilgis-Alexander. And in Oklahoma City, they had, the Thunder had a very balanced attack where they had five or six guys in double digits. In this game, they only had four guys in double digits. Two of those uh, were right at 10 points off the bench. And some guys who played really well in Oklahoma City, um, Dort and Basley. The Thunder didn't have Basley at all. And Dort only ended up scoring eight points and was really not a factor. His three-pointing was so devastating in that earlier game this season. And then he was just a non-factor in this game. The Hawks got awesome performances from Trey and John Collins. Trey only had to play 25 minutes. He didn't have to play any of the fourth quarter. He was 9 of 15 from the field, 2 of 6 from three-point land, 3 of 4 on his free throws. He missed his first free throw. Uh, Trey is a good free throw shooter, and it's so weird to see him miss free throws, but he missed that first one. And Trey had his floater working, and that was really a big difference in the night for Trey. Um, The last few games, it hadn't been quite as automatic as it had been last year, and he finally had it working against the Thunder, and there was just nothing they could do to stop him. He had a couple of moves where he just lost defenders, including Dort, who is a very good defender. And Trey just had his way. He had 23 points, 6 rebounds, 9 assists, and only 2 turnovers and was able to just sit the whole fourth quarter and watch his team cruise to victory. The Hawks' offensive performance was fantastic. Again, they had 30 points they in each of the first three quarters, 31, 30, and 30. And then in the fourth quarter, they had 25. And they held the Thunder to under 30 in every quarter, 21 points, 20 points, 26, and 25. You know Coach McMillan's going to be happy when they hold, the Hawks hold the opposing team to under 30 in every quarter. That's definitely a goal for the Hawks. 
and they just really locked down on the defensive side of the ball. They also the Hawks did a great job rebounding. They out rebounded Oklahoma City fifty to thirty nine. Now Oklahoma City did get twelve offensive rebounds, but the Hawks outscored uh, the Thunder on second chance points. The Hawks had fifteen second chance points to the Thunder only six. And then, I mean, just to continue the superlatives for the Hawks, they outscored the Thunder in the paint. The Hawks bench outscored the Thunder's bench. It was just all in all a huge domination. Getting to that bench performance, let's talk about Bogdan Bogdanovich. He had really struggled since coming back from those 25 games off, and he really found his stroke in a big way against the Thunder. Uh, Bogey was 9 of 14 from the field, 5 of 9 from three-point land for 23 points, tying Trey for team lead, had six rebounds, three assists, and when Bogdanovich is cooking, man, it is fun to watch. He had some just beautiful three-pointers, um, Coming off screens, Rajon Rondo was really looking for Bogdanovich in that second unit. And uh, also, Bogey has some great ball handling. He had an awesome transition performance where he got the ball, dribbling up to court, went behind his back as a player tried to steal the ball, gets right to the front of the rim and does a little shot over it for two points. But it was beautiful performance for Bogdanovich. I know he's got to be just thrilled with it, and it's awesome to see that the Hawks can get such a strong performance from the bench. When Bogdanovich is going like that, you don't need a huge performance from Danilo Gallinari. Gallo was just 3 of 9 from the field, didn't hit a 3-pointer, was 2 of 8 for 8 points. He did have 9 rebounds and an assist. And then Rajon Rondo had 4 assists, 3 steals, um, and 8 points. So the bench did a really nice job. But to get back to the starters, uh, Trey, again, strong performance with 23, 6, and 9. John Collins played the most of all of the starters. He had 30 minutes. He was 8 of 11 from the field. The Thunder just really could not do anything with J.C. Uh, 1 of 2 on his 3-pointers, 2 of 2 on free throws for 19 points. He had 3 rebounds, 2 assists, and 3 blocks. John continues to be a menace on the defensive end, and smaller teams in particular need to watch out for John on the defensive side of the ball. Capella had a quiet game by his standards, 3 of 8 for 8 points. He had 8 rebounds and 2 blocks. And then Tony Snell only played 16 minutes. It's really as well as the Hawks were playing. He was 3 of 3 from the field. He took no three-pointers. Um, he had an assist and uh, two rebounds. Just, you know, a very Tony Snell-like game. On the Thunder side of the ball, Shea Gilgis-Alexander was really the only standout. The Hawks did an awesome job on him in the first half, and then Alexander started figuring it out as the game wore on. Alexander finished the game 8 of 18 from the field, had 19 points, three rebounds, and four assists. And then Ty Jerome uh, really loves playing the Hawks. He got hot playing the Hawks in Oklahoma City. And then in Atlanta, he could not miss from three. Six of eight from three-point land, had 18 points and two assists, a beautiful assist, in fact. Um, almost may, may have been the assist of the game, except for Trey had another just gorgeous pass to John Collins down low for a dunk. Um, but those were really the only standouts for Oklahoma City. It just – the Thunder never put together a run to really challenge the Hawks, and unlike that game in Houston, the Hawks were able to take the lead and really assert their control. And I did not think that the second unit had their best performance initially, but they settled down, and the Hawks never let this game have any sort of doubt in it. The Thunder weren't able to cut the lead below double digits, and the Hawks were able to cruise again, letting Trey Young get some rest before this road trip. 
after the game. Um, it was really good to hear all the guys just saying it was a very complete win and that they were just taking this again one game at a time. Um, and the Hawks now have this monster road trip where they're going to the West Coast. And if we look ahead to that road trip, the Hawks have won seven in a row. They're the hottest team in the NBA. And I'm sure that's what these teams that are coming up are going to be saying as the Hawks come into their arena. Uh, the Hawks have eight road games in 16 days, and here are the opponents the Hawks have to play. They go and go against the Lakers, the Clippers, the Kings, the Warriors, the Nuggets, the Suns, the Spurs, and finish up with the New Orleans Pelicans. That's a brutal stretch. Um, it has been so important for the Hawks to get all seven of the wins that they have in a row so they could be ready for this uh, Western Co- Conference swing, West Coast swing. And, you know, this win pushed them above 500. Uh, the Hawks are now 21-20. and 20, And now they go on this stretch where they don't have to get every win on this Western Conference trip. Um, trip. After the game, Coach McMillan, as he's echoed after every game, says they're taking it one at a time. But it is not going to be easy to go against the Lakers, Clippers. I mean, the the games that the Hawks should feel confident in going in are against the Kings. They've beaten the Nuggets already this year. The Suns, they owe the Spurs. The Spurs came in and beat Atlanta in a really sloppy game. Um, and then finally the Pelicans. And that the last two games are a back-to-back, which is especially brutal. But – Um, it's going to be really important for the Hawks to continue their play, and it's so crucial that they've been able to get some contribution from the bench. If Bogdanovich is able to get going and the Hawks have Gallo, that second unit is a real problem for other teams. But this game against the Thunder, the Hawks just really took control, looked like the better team, and ultimately just got a a very business-like win. The Hawks have not had a lot of those during this winning streak. In fact, it's been one of my big complaints against them is despite having these great, dramatic fourth-quarter comebacks, um, there haven't been just a ho-hum, take-care-of-business-at-home, and that's what the Hawks did tonight, which is so encouraging. Um, My final take on this game, the Hawks are undefeated in the MLK jerseys. Continue to wear them, pack that court up, take it with you on the road. The Hawks just look great in it and play extremely well. I would be remiss if I talked about this game without talking about Nathan Knight's dunk. Seems like every game we're now going to have a little bit of a segment on Nathan Knight, and he didn't disappoint. He only had four points in this game. One of them, he kind of missed a shot. The Thunder tried to get in the fast break, and Knight was able to get the ball back and have a dunk. And then in the second half, specifically the fourth quarter, um, the reserves were in on both sides. Nathan Knight did a little pump fake at the three-point line. His defender went flying by. Nathan Knight challenges a seven-footer uh, that uh, the Thunder have in Brown and goes around him for just a massive dunk. I'm sure you'll be able to find the highlight. It was incredible to see in real time. It was awesome to hear Dominique and uh, Mike Glenn's The Stinger's reaction. Um, because they enjoyed the dunk. But Nathan Knight continues to bring his trademark energy every night, and it's uh, great to see the Hawks have a young guy off the bench who brings some of that infectious energy. You need that on a team. You need a young guy who's just excited out to be on the court. So Nathan Knight, monster slam of the night, and uh, hopefully we keep seeing those each and every night. But a big win for the Hawks, 116-93, to pushes them to 21-20 and on the season, seven games in a row, hottest team in the NBA and now they go on the road to face the Lakers on Saturday at 3:30. So 
We will be coming to you after that game. And go Hawks! Thank you for catching this episode of the KettleCast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. Go Hawks!